Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. Phenomenal. Okay, here's the deal. The clock is going, so we're going to move. You guys good? Okay, we got 28 minutes and three seconds. I know, it's gonna be great. I'm notoriously, I feel like I have the pastor Jurgen anointing. I always go long, so I'm gonna like, you know, try to do it on time tonight. It's gonna be great. Uh, have you guys seen those shows, right? And usually they're in some like kind of exotic place, South America, Africa, like maybe even places that you haven't heard of. And usually there are documentaries. And the whole point of the show is that they go into some remote tribe, some remote area that no one has gone to before or if they have very limited. You guys know what I'm talking about? And there's always like one guy, he's a translator, he speaks the language. He's telling them, you know, it's going to be seven days by boat, and then we're going to walk for four days, and then if we're lucky, we're going to come to this village and encounter these people. And I've always been very, very intrigued by understanding and learning about different cultures, understanding what they believe, the food that they eat, the hierarchy of leadership that they have, the, how they even came to be or why they're not even a part of the modern world. Like, yo, you guys choose to use bow and arrows, live in huts, like, good for you. I'm, I'm into Netflix, I'm into In-N-Out, I'm into those things. Come on, can I get an amen? And I'm very, very intrigued with those shows. And so tonight, I kind of want to paint a picture. We're in the middle of what's called Culture Clash. This is our message series for right now. And imagine with me tonight that I'm your tour guide, I'm the host of the show. And tonight we're doing a special episode. You only get to see it or hear about it if you're here tonight at the Wednesday at 6.30 at Balboa Campus. And if I could call this episode anything, it would be Awaken a cultural experience. That's the name of my message. If you're, if you're taking notes, you can write it down. You guys have seen these shows, right? Okay, and they go through and they learn all about the culture and the food and the people. And there's always like one guy who's like kind of the leader guy and they take him on a hunt and then they do that. You guys know what I'm talking about? Pastor Becky's the only one. <laughs> Someone give this woman her Netflix login. Come on, we can help her. But tonight I want to look at and focus on the culture that is Awakened Church, the culture of what we believe, what we value. And here's the cool thing about culture is culture can always be traced back to a belief. Culture always stems from a belief. And here's the order that, that I believe it happens. You believe something. When you believe something, it becomes valuable and important to you. And when it becomes valuable and important to you, it begins to transform the way that you live your life, the way that you operate, the way that you see and engage in the world. Good math so far, right? So tonight I want to take a deep dive in, awaken a cultural experience. Let's bow our heads. God, I thank you right now in your house. God, that your word is infallible. It is true. And so God, I thank you that you are a God who is who he says he is and does what he says that he does. And so Lord, we thank you tonight. Our eyes are being opened to the way that we believe you. God, the way that we see you. And God, it's going to penetrate our culture, our city, and our world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Now, Pastor Sterling, why do a whole message on this? Why take time on a Wednesday night to do a whole message just on the culture of Awakened Church? Because it matters. Yeah. Yeah. Culture absolutely matters. It is the setting, the thermostat, and really the drive and the mission behind any organization, any people group. You can find any group of people in the world, and if you were to identify and find out their culture, the things that you would start with, what do they believe, what is important to them, and how does that affect their life? 
I wonder how this works in church. I'm going to tell you. It's good and right to remind those. Tonight, I want to explain, you know, this is really for everybody in the room. It's good and right to remind those. Maybe you've been here for a long time. Pastor Summer has been here since like the very beginning. You've been here for a long time. Tonight's goal and mission is to remind you why the culture is in place, what we believe in the first place, and why it's important. Maybe you've been here for a year and you're engaged in a connect group and you're serving like, yo, Awaken is it. I love it here. Your life is beginning to flourish. Tonight is going to be the connect the dot moment for you. Why does Awaken do this? Why do they operate like this? What is this? We're going to help connect the dots for you tonight. It's going to be phenomenal. And maybe you're here and this is like your second or third time. You came for Easter. A friend invited you like, yo, they got golf carts and donuts. I'm going back. And so maybe you're here and you're like, what is this? What is this awakened church? Tonight, I want to help you because I don't want you to stay or be culture shocked. Culture shock means this, when you are confronted with the beliefs and values, but are not prepared to understand or know them. So in a lot of countries in the Middle East, Latin America, Western Africa, Russia, Greece, a basic thumbs up, guess what that means to them? A basic thumb up in those countries is the equivalent to flipping them off. So if you go to these countries, like, yeah, dude, everything is, they're like, just staring you down and, you know, you get in a fight in the middle of Belgium, in the middle of a vacation, just from giving someone a thumbs up. Listen, it's culture shock. Their culture is different. The things that they do and the way that they perceive it is different. In other countries, it is rude. It is rude to drink any alcohol that you did not bring to a party. In America, totally acceptable to bring a six-pack of Coors Light and have access to everything that is there. All the food, all the desserts, all of the beverages. Come on. All the young adults who just bring like a packaged dessert to Thanksgiving and then eat everything else. You know what I'm talking about. It is socially rude in those countries to show up like that. The United States is a special country. This one blew my mind. This one blew my mind. In some countries, if you eat all of your food, who eats all their food? Come on, Americans. If you eat all of your food, that is actually considered rude because you are telling the guests that you are so hungry and that they did not provide enough food for you for your, to be filled. I know. That's the right response. Thank you. Culture shock. And so when people go to other countries, you know what they do if they're smart? They plan ahead. They research ahead. They know what to do or not to do. They know what kind of cash to carry. They know how to get transportation. They know where their hotel is. They find a way to to Google map everything. You plan and you study ahead so that when you arrive into a brand new culture, you're not. Makes traveling more fun, right? I know to carry cash when I go to Mexico. Things like that. We want to avoid that culture shock. Does that make sense? This literally is for every single person in the room. And I'm an analogy guy. I'm like a story guy. So I have an analogy. We can all understand that analogy is used to paint one picture using a story. Yes, we're all good? Chicken. There are like a thousand ways to cook chicken, yes? You can barbecue it. You can grill it. You can pan fry it. You can skewer it. You can put it in an instant pot. There's lots of ways to cook chicken. Recently, I was with my team up in Temecula, and we did this little cook-off and basically gave them all of the same ingredients, and it was a competition. I like competition. Whoever could come up with the best dish using these ingredients won. So they all took, I think it was an hour that they took, and you know, made all these different dishes. And by the time it was done, in front of me were three different dishes, three different ways to prepare the chicken. They all tasted different. They looked different. They certainly smelled different. They were all very, very unique. But at the end of the day, they were all chicken. 
Here's the analogy that I want to paint to you, is there's a lot of ways to do church. There's a lot of flavors, there's a lot of spices, there's a lot of way to make it go. I am not so, I'm not so convinced and compelled to try to teach you that, oh, awakened church is the best, which I believe, but that's not my responsibility to show you. My responsibility is to show you is that awakened church has its own special blends and spices. Any KFC fans in here? You don't have to raise your hand, it's okay. KFC and Colonel Sanders are known for their special blend of herbs and spices. No matter how bad Popeyes wants to get a hold of KFC's special herbs and spices blend, they will never give it to them because it is their own proprietary blend of herbs and spices. Now, here's the difference. Popeyes and KFC are in direct competition with each other, yes? Awakened Church is not in direct competition with other churches. We are the capital C church. We believe that God is expanding his kingdom in many different ways, many different forms, and many different areas. But I'm here today to tell you so that you can see there's a way that we do chicken there's a way that we do church here at Awaken Church. Can I get a yeehaw? yeehaw? That was epic. Very good. Reminds me even of Bubba, Bubba from uh, Forrest Gump. I don't know if you guys have seen that. He starts talking about all the shrimp. There's shrimp gumbo. There's shrimp pasta. There's skewered shrimp. Shrimp sandwich. Scampi shrimp. Butter shrimp. Garlic shrimp. Cajun shrimp. And then he stops. He's like, I think that's about it. I'm here to tell you that you are in a setting, you are in a church that has a special blend of herbs and spices. Awaken has its own culture. I mentioned this earlier, culture is what you believe and what you value. And so based on those beliefs and based on those values is where you see the transformation of how we live our lives. And maybe you've heard me say this before, I say it often when I preach. As Christians, we are called to live our lives at a different setting. The world should be able to clearly distinguish believers from non-believers. And I believe with our special herbs and spices, you should be able to identify and distinguish someone from Awakened Church and someone from anywhere else because it's our proprietary blend. I'm not saying that it's better than, I'm saying it's special and unique to us. Believe, value, and operate. There's going to be three words that we're going to be using throughout the evening tonight. Wow, that clock is moving. <laughs> belief. I could believe, I could believe that I could buy a house someday. That's a good thing to believe for. You should be believing that. Hopefully when you come to this church, you will understand that that is a good thing to believe for, that God could move on your behalf for you to acquire a property in San Diego. Who wants to own property in San Diego? Let's go. If you don't believe, I'll believe for you. But if, if I just believe that a home, buying a home is possible, but I don't think that it's important to me, so believing that it can happen and having it be important to me, those are great. But guess what I must do on the other side of it? It must change what I do. It must change how I think. It must change the conversations that I have. I can't expect to buy a house if I don't have a real estate agent. I can't expect to buy a house if I haven't downloaded Redfin and Zillow and start looking and looking and looking and doing, well, that's mostly Marissa, like every day, like sending me stuff. Culture is formed over time by beliefs and values compelling action and transformation. I have to tell you that when I moved to San Diego in 2014, the idea of owning a house here seems so far off, seems so distant, seems so, so unrealistic that it wasn't even on my radar. 
But when I came to this church in 2017, I began to hear the culture of we are territory takers. God is able to provide for you in ways that you cannot provide for yourself. Miracle story after miracle story after miracle story. And so I sat in this culture and I listened and I watched. And over time, I began to believe for myself that that would one day be possible for me. And then as my business grew and I began to get established and things began to take off, it started to become important to me that I saved for a deposit and that I had a conversation with a real estate agent and I understood interest rates and I understood how loan works. Some of you young people in here just need to start asking questions if it's actually important to you. So I believed that it was possible and then it became important to me. But then I had to do the work of actually putting myself into a position so I could do what I could do, but to give God an opportunity to do what he could do. And coming to this house and sitting under this culture has reshaped my mind in the way that I think in so many, honestly, it's countless, but that is one of the ways. And I'm proud to announce that my wife and I are in escrow on a home in Escondido as of Monday. It's very cool. It's very exciting. We're very stoked. But I have to tell you the truth that being under this culture, being under this leadership, being in this house and around this culture is what shifted the possibility of what was real for me. If you stick around long enough, you will begin to believe the way that we believe. You'll begin to think that the things that are important are really important. You'll begin to see such a transformation in your life that stories like this will be continually flowing. Can I tell you, I never get bored with vision builder stories. I never get bored about people buying houses, taking territory, making moves, having breakthrough, restaurant. I never get bored by that because it's part of our culture. It's part of our culture. And a lot of times you hear people say, well, we need to shift culture. How do you do that? Because the culture in here is different from out there, amen? It better be. The culture in here needs to be different than the culture out there. This is how we shift culture, by teaching the truth of the word of God, which is where the belief comes in. By solidifying what is important from those beliefs, that's where our values come. And then taking action to implement them into our way of living. If I believe that the Bible teaches honor and it becomes valuable to me, then I must operate in honor. So I learn it from the Bible, it becomes important to me, and then I implement it into my life over and over and over again. And the beauty of finding the source of our culture in the Word of God means that we never have to defend it. It will defend itself. Every single pillar of culture that I have found in Awakened Church is backed up and provided by the Word of God and what it says. And the moment that you begin to believe what this Word of God says, can I tell you that the things that become important to you begin to shift dramatically. When belief comes, so does value. And when value comes with that belief, now all of a sudden you're living your life differently. This is the source of all of our belief. At the end of the day, we do not want San Diego to act the way that we do. We want them to believe the things that we do. And if they will believe the things that we do, then they will begin to value those things. And if they believe and value those things, then their lives will be transformed. Now, it's not walk like us, talk like us, be like us. We're not trying to create a thousand Pastor Jurgen Leans and Pastor Jurgen Leans. That would be awesome. That'd be hard to handle. (laughs) They're incredible. We're not trying to create a thousand Pastor John and a thousand Pastor Beckys. We want the best version of you. We want the best version of you. So it's not walk like us, talk like us, be like us. It's walk the journey that we've walked. Believe 
the God that we believe in, knowing him, loving him, and experiencing him. Then once you believe that, knowing him, loving him, and experiencing him, he will become the most important thing in your life. That's the real goal of Awakened Church that I believe is that God would become the most important part of your life. That you would believe in him, that he is who he says that he is, he does what he says that he does, and his word is so important to you that there's nothing else that can compare. That's such a beautiful thing. And once that's in your heart for a real deal, then you begin to see the transformation. I love watching this journey for people. They come into the house of God with everything from their past, with the way that they've been living, from the culture that they've come from. And they encounter a real, living, powerful God. And then something in them is so compelling that they have to believe in him. And so they give their life to him. They say yes to him. They believe in him. They begin to learn him, know him, and understand him. And then the most beautiful thing happens. Then he becomes so important to them. He becomes so important to them that they say yes to things like being on a serve team like being in a connect group, like giving and tithing. like show, I'm telling you, it's over and over again. You guys ready for the pillars that we're going to talk about? Does this all make sense so far? Every part of culture can be traced back to a belief. And tonight we're going to look at some of those key pillars of our culture. If you're taking notes, which I encourage, you can write this down. We are a discipleship church. We will never change from that. We are inquirers versus informers. All my young adult connect leaders in here know exactly where I'm going. The Bible says this, that plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. The Bible also says this, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Something that I try to teach our leaders, and Brittany and Jimmy King are some of the best people who understand this. They're incredible leaders. There's something very, very powerful about inquiring with whoever's discipling you, leading you, whether that's a team lead, whether that's your connect group leader, a pastor, whoever that is, it's a lot better and it will serve you more to inquire with them instead of to inform them. Here's the difference. Inquiring is asking questions, seeking counsel, seeking wisdom, seeking a perspective that is different from yours. Informing someone is letting them know that you've already made the decision and you're simply filling them into the decision that you've made. The problem with that in this culture is that leaves no room for a word of God to come, leaves no room for wisdom to hit the situation, no room for counsel to come into that situation. We are a discipleship church. We teach this, that salvation is God's job. Our job is to set the table, to set the atmosphere so that salvation can occur. But that's not where the journey ends, my friends. Once they're saved, it's our duty and our responsibility to be a culture of multiplication. The way that we get 16 campuses is by producing leaders that can fill 16 campuses. The way that we move and we groove like that is by continually understanding that we are a discipleship-making church. A disciple is this, is someone who passionately pursues Christ and purposely produces other Christ followers. The first thing is that you have to passionately pursue Christ for yourself. The moment that you get that, you catch that part of our culture, then it is time to step into leadership. Then it is time to step into the next realm. Then it is time, come on, men, to be an emerge captain. Come on, then it's time to show up to a cherished night and just not attend, but to look around the room and to find women who are there by themselves and go and meet them and greet them and be friends with them. It has to be more than just for you. That's part of our culture. That's what we believe, what we value, and how we operate. At Awakened Church, we believe that discipleship is God's plan to produce passionate Christ followers who purposely produce Christ followers. So we value coaching, we value teaching, we value counsel, and we value development. 
So because we believe in and value discipleship, we put discipleship making at the forefront of our mission and purpose as a kingdom-minded church. It's all about multiplication. The second point is this. We are servants, not specialists. The Bible says this, whoever serves me must follow me and where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. At Awaken Church, we believe that we are to follow the example of Jesus Christ in service, that we are to humble ourselves, and in order to become great, we must become the servant of all. So, if that's what we believe, does anyone believe that that's what the Bible says? So, if that's what we believe, our values must line up. So, we value our volunteer teams. So, we value the gifts that God has put inside of people, and we value the person, not what they are able to produce. That's part of our culture. Because we believe that serving is from God, we value it, we put a high esteem and a high worth on it, so that's where transformation comes. If you're on a serve team in any capacity, can you stand to your feet, please? Let's give these people a round of applause. These are our incredible volunteers. We value you, we honor you, not for what you can do, but for who you are. Thank you for saying yes to the culture. Beautiful. Beautiful. Many years ago, one of my first uh, preaching opportunities here, I had preached a message called Don't Be a Tool. Some of you might remember it. A very tricky thing for a person who's serving in the church context is to feel like, oh, I'm just a means to an end. I'm just a person on a roster. I'm just a name on a list. I'm just a person in a t-shirt. Listen, let me explain to you that that is not how the God of your soul speaks and sees that. What he sees is a rare, beautiful, shiny jewel in his kingdom. He puts such a high value on service and being humble and making yourself low so that you can be the servant of all. And our culture here, our special blend of herbs and spices is that we say yes to serving because we are following the example of the ultimate service. Amen? Amen. Okay. Pastor Becky already stole this one, but we're going to do it anyways. Giving. We are givers. Typically, the last bastion of control that a believer will give up is their money. It's, the, it's typically, typically, general, general broad statement, is the last grip that a believer will let go of. It's the last thing that they'll give up. They'll serve on a team before they give. They'll come to a cherished night before they give. They'll even go to a merge before they'll give. They'll do all of those things, but the very last thing that they'll do is give. In our church, we, are, we believe in biblical tithing and biblical offering. That we are to give our first fruits to the Lord, and then when we do, the blessing of heaven is able to find our lives and that we live under an open heaven. So if we believe that, does anyone believe that? So we value teaching the biblical principles of giving. We value the testimonies that comes from families fully submitting themselves and then seeing breakthrough. We value seeing significant breakthrough in their lives, not just in their finances. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of people deciding to just step out and say, you know what, I had the conversation with my wife. We decided that as a family, the next check that comes in, we're going to tithe. The next check that comes in, we're going to give it to Vision Books. You know what's so crazy? Every single time that that happens, there is a trail of testimonies, a trail of miracles, a trail of things changing. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. It's Godly's principle. So if you believe it and it's important to you, then your life gets to transform. It's part of our culture. We're givers. So because we believe in value, value biblical giving, we will teach our children, 
our junior hires, our high schools, and our congregation at large about giving every single opportunity that we have. Because listen, it's not something we want from you. It's something we want for you. It's part of our culture. The Bible says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. That's part of our culture. The next one is territory takers. Part of our culture is that we take territory. Maybe you're, you're here for the first few weeks or a few months. I want to share with you the vision of our church. The vision of our church is to be one church in many locations. Many right now means 16. That could change. There could be more than 16 campuses. But our vision is to be one church in many locations. What that means to me is that there is a tremendous amount of territory to be taken. There's a tremendous amount of land to be occupied. There's a tremendous amount of strongholds that need to be torn down and removed so that the building of God, the kingdom of God, can be built. That's what that says to me. So at Awaken Church, we believe that we are called to be territory takers, both in a corporate setting as the church and in a personal setting for you and for I. So, do you believe that? If you believe that, then you must begin to value purchasing buildings, homes, and land. All throughout scripture, if you study it, which I encourage you to do, the mark of blessing on God's people always lands in two ways. Land to occupy and children to fill it. Let me say this again. The mark of blessing all throughout scripture that God identifies is land to occupy and children to fill it. Now that may be an awakened culture thing, but that's also a kingdom culture thing. So I'm not real good at math. Anyone real good at math? God bless you. I'm not real good at math, but from what I understand from my Bible, Jesus took 12 dudes. One of them kind of, you know, did his own thing and they found a replacement. That's where the tricky math comes in. Took 12 dudes, empowered them, taught them, showed them the way, developed them, invested into them, released them, gave them authority. And before he left the earth, he commissioned them to go and make disciples. Now, again, I'm not real good at math, but this happened in Jerusalem. This happened in the land of Israel. Do you know how many thousands of miles away that is from here? Does anyone know? Oh, look, someone said. It's a lot of miles away. It's a very far distance. So to imagine that all of the territory that has been taken from that day to this all started with one mission of go out, make disciples as far as Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Part of our culture is we will always take territories. We will always buy buildings. We will always occupy land. We will always take back what belongs to us because God has given it to us to go and take. We are territory takers at Awakened Church. There's not a day that will come that we'll stop looking for buildings, believing for buildings because it's not about a building. It is an altar. It is an altar in the presence of God in a city saying, we are about what you are about. We believe what you believe. And so because we value and important, it will transform the way that we operate, act, and live. We are territory takers. So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. Pastor Jurgen teaches three things that will, you know, basically help you avoid ruining your life. Sleep with your own wife. 
Amen. Spend your own money and always buy buildings. The reason that he says always buy buildings is because God is not satisfied or content with what he's done here now. He's always seeing the what's next. I believe this with all my heart. Right now in San Diego, there are properties, and they've marked them out. They've put you know, lines around them. They've identified this is a property. Here's what it's worth. Here's who owns it. But I believe since the beginning of time that God has pointed out and selected that area of land because he knew, he knew that there would be a church here one day called Awakened Church, who would believe he was who he says he was. That it would become so important to them that his mission would become their mission that he couldn't help himself. And he said, someday, that's going to be an Awakened Church. Someday, someday, this will be a place where they worship me, they acknowledge me, they honor me, they revere me, they love me, they learn me, they understand me. Someday, but it's going to take someone to take territory. It's going to take a warrior who understands that the land is to be taken and to be occupied. Come on, are we a culture of territory takers? Let's go. Four and a half minutes. I'm crushing in. The next part of our culture, and man, I love this part. Honestly, this is the most fun part to me, is that we are excellent celebrators. We are excellent celebrators. Can I tell you, when we got the news that we were in escrow in our house, it was like we were surrounded by some of our best friends and people that we look up to, people that we love. And it was so cool to see them celebrating our moment, to see them celebrating what we had accomplished, what God had done, the miracle that had occurred. And the truth is, is that we look for any reason to celebrate. My, my calendar is wild. It's literally wild. It's like this person's birthday, this person, you know, got engaged, congrats, Pam. It's just like, like, yeah, let's give it up for Pam Padgett. Come on. But it's part of our culture. It's what we believe and what we value, that people should be celebrated, that things that God does should be celebrated. I'm telling you, my calendar is crazy. It's like so-and-so's doghead puppies, party. So it's, it's, just, it's crazy. Literally any reason to celebrate is like in the calendar. I have to tell you the truth. I have to tell you the truth. Jesus was a partier. My guy got down. Nowhere in the Bible does it say this. I'm not saying this is theologically accurate. But I believe with my heart of hearts that Jesus was the one to invent presidents and scum. It's a card game for those of you who don't know. Not only did he invent it, but he was the best at it. The disciples were ticked at how good he was at having fun. Can I tell you that having fun is not extracurricular? It is part of how God designed you. Let me tell you what the Bible says. You ready? That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all of their toil. This is a gift from God. The Bible also says this. This is following the return of the prodigal son. It says, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they begin to celebrate. That's why on every single service that we have, we're going to do one tonight. It's called an altar call, a salvation call. Giving an opportunity to someone who is far from God who does not believe. To return to him. To say yes to him. To change the way that their life anticipates. You know what? Do you know why we do that? Because we're ready to celebrate that decision right after. That is worth celebrating. 
It's part of our culture. We believe it and we value it. Amen? Amen. Fun is not extracurricular. So, do you believe that we're meant to live a life like that? We're meant to celebrate? Good. Then you will begin to value it differently. You'll begin to look for opportunities to celebrate your friends and your family, even the small things. Hey, Lexi Fuller, good job on passing your driver's test. Incredible. I celebrate you. Pastor Charles, good luck. (laughs) Can I tell you that when you begin to learn how to celebrate people and to be celebrated, it really changes you. It messes you up. And it's almost like you start looking for things to celebrate. It sounds kind of like God. Looking for things to celebrate in your life, even the little things. Where you turned to him where you hadn't before. Where you had faith in him where you hadn't before. Where you saw a breakthrough that you've been believing for, praying for, pressing in for. It's the little things even that we celebrate. It's part of our culture. The very last thing is that we are a power-filled church. We are a power-filled church. The Bible says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Bible very, very clearly shows us that there is a power available. It's endless. It doesn't run out. It doesn't pick and choose where it goes, but it looks for faith. In this house, in this church, we believe that the power of the Holy Spirit was not for a time that has come and gone. It's not for a time in our distant past. It's not something that we read about. It is something that we get to experience here today, listen, to its full capacity. In our house, in our culture, we believe that the same power that the Holy Spirit had back then, he has today. The Bible says that the same power that resurrected Jesus from the grave lives in us today. And so maybe you're here and you're one of the ones who've been here for a long time and you've seen some stuff. You've seen people on our altars with life-threatening diseases, with cancer in their lungs, threatening to take their life. You've seen it. But then you've seen someone come and pray and believe that God could still heal, that it would be important to him to do so. And you see a person get healed and can I just tell you that it messes with you and it changes the way that you live your life and you operate. Or maybe you've been to the church for a few months, a year, you're, you're kind of in that middle and this is connecting all the dots for you. And you've heard about and you've read about that things like that are possible. Can I tell you, can I promise you that when you stay in this house, if you stay here long enough, you will see miracles, healing, signs and wonders in this house because it's part of our culture. It's what we believe. It's what we believe. And can I tell you, once you see it and once you believe it, once it becomes important to you, it's almost like Pastor John is looking for reasons to heal people. He's looking for people who need the power of God, who need his healing touch, who need him to show up where no one else can. I'd love everyone to stand up to their feet tonight as we close. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you believe that the power of God is the real deal, if you believe that it's for today and it's for you, 
if you believe that signs, wonders, and miracles are commonplace, listen, can I tell you that that is no sweat off of God's back? That costs him nothing. It is no energy leaked to him to heal, to provide miracles, to send the Holy Spirit to rest. It costs him nothing. If you believe that, if you believe that, tonight I want to encourage you that we're going to take its value to the next level. The Holy Spirit's job is very simple. It's very potent, but very simple. His job is to empower you. His job is to comfort you. His job is to anoint you and fill you with power. His job is to help you see, to highlight and to illuminate the areas where you need more of him. His job is to speak to you clearly. His job is to erase confusion. In this house, until Jesus returns, we will operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. We will operate in the power of God because it's part of our culture. I've seen too many things to not believe it. Just like that song. Dude, that song fires me up. I've seen cancer disappear. I've seen blind people healed. I've seen the power of God hit somebody and it changes them from the inside out. Now listen, you cannot argue with an experience. You cannot argue with an encounter. You can debate theologically, you can debate scripture, but you cannot debate an experience and an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Tonight, it's time to shift your own culture. Listen, there's a culture that you take to your home. There's a culture that you take to your place of business. There's a culture that you take to your family. The greatest thing that I can do is to take the culture that is here, the belief that is here, the things that are important here, the way to live that is here, and take it to my home. And if I'm willing to do this with the power and the help of the Holy Spirit, he begins to multiply that potency. Tonight, my altar call is going to be very, very simple. You get to leave here one of two ways. It's up to you. I don't get to decide. You get to decide. You get to leave here tonight either completely filled with the Holy Spirit, fresh anointing, healing to your body, peace to your mind, brand new revelation, brand new discernment, brand new wisdom, brand new clarity. You can leave like that. Or... You can be too prideful and say, no, that's not what I believe. That's not what's important to me. That's not how I'm going to live my life. You get to decide. Tonight, what I want to do is we're going to have our ministry team down front. And I'm not going to do a specific altar call for healing, for Holy Spirit. For... If you just want more of him, if you just want more of who he is, his power, you just want to understand him more, to see his power at work, all you have to do is come to the front right now. That's all you have to do is come to the front right now. Just come to the front. Listen, if you believe it and it's important to you, you'll come to the front. You don't have to have something going wrong in your life to get more of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. There's many people who are going to come. Come on, it's part of our culture. It's part of our culture. Even before I preached this message, I decided that here tonight I'm going to get on my knees, get on my face before the God of heaven and earth and say, God, the amount of you that I have right now is not enough for me. I need more of you. I need more revelation, more wisdom, more discernment, more power. I need you. Listen, we're a culture of humility. We recognize and acknowledge God for who he is that we need more of him. Listen, my friends, it is a dangerous place.
to be at a place where you say, no, no, I'm good with what I have of him. It's enough. My challenge to you is never to let yourself get to that place. Come on, we're a culture of continuously growing, continuously growing, continuously growing. If you're down at the front tonight, I just want you to put your hands out in front of you. Here's what's so cool about the Holy Spirit. I can pray a very simple prayer, but he's gonna be the one to do the unique work. He's gonna be the one to show up. Listen, listen to me. Just how you need him to right now. This is what he does. Maybe tonight you need fear to be replaced with peace. It's time to leave it here. Maybe you're here tonight and the future is confusing and it's unclear. Come on, get clarity tonight. Tonight in your body, you are fighting a disease that does not belong there. You are fighting an ailment that does not belong there. If you believe, you can be healed. Now you're here and you're, you're navigating family relations and friendship relations and there's someone that just, there's tension there. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you how to handle that, to show you how. If you're down in the front tonight, here's what I believe, that you're just saying, God, I want more of you. With your hands out in front of you, I'm gonna pray. The Holy Spirit is gonna come. He's gonna bring a fresh anointing, a fresh power, a fresh presence. He's going to remind you why you believed in him in the first place. He's going to give you a testimony of power hitting your life. God, I thank you right now for these people in your house. God, the most powerful place on earth that a human being can be is in your presence, in your house. God, we thank you now that you are a God who is who he says he is. And God, you do what you say that you do. God, right now I call on the, Al the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the King of heaven and the King of earth, the Savior of the world. God, I thank you now, God, that you are our defender, our strong tower. Holy Spirit, I would pray from heaven right now, supernatural power. It's coming to San Diego. It's coming to Balboa campus. It's coming to these people now. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are gentle that you are sweet, that you are kind. God, I thank you right now that you are reaffirming people. Come on, some of you down here need to get a reaffirmation of who you are, how God has made you, that he cares for you, that he knows you, that he loves you. And listen, you know what all that he wants out of that is for you to care about him, know him, and love him. It's that simple. God, we thank you for fresh oil from heaven. God, fresh oil from heaven, however they need it. Holy Spirit, I believe and I acknowledge that you are capable. I believe and I acknowledge you are capable. Power from heaven now in the name of Jesus. Just fill them up, fill them up, fill them up, fill them up. Fill them up, fill them up, fill them up, fill them up. And God, I thank you because of our beliefs, what we believe, God, what we value and what's important, God, a brand new transformation is about to hit San Diego. God, a revival is about to hit San Diego in a way like never before. And God, I would pray. God, would you mark our church? Would you mark your, your people? Would you mark us? God, as a culture, as a people who see the miraculous, who see the power of God, who see you moving, who are a part of it, who get to put our hands to what you're putting your hands to. God, we thank you for our city. We thank you for our state, God, that you are switching things up now in the name of Jesus. God, you are removing evil now in the name of Jesus. God, you are putting righteous men and women back in place. God, we thank you for who you are, for your people. We acknowledge you, we love you, we praise you, we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There's one more group of people here. I'm way over, I'm so sorry. You're here tonight and like, yo, this culture sounds great. I'm into this. Listen, the key to your life being transformed is the person of Jesus. 
None of this matters. None of this is available. None of this is accessible without first putting him in the right position in your life. And so tonight, I want to ask you very, very simply, if you're here and you're ready to do the first part, which is believe. The Bible says this, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Savior, that you will be saved. With every head bowed and eyes closed, come on, this is part of our culture. We give God an opportunity to move. We give God an opportunity to change your eternity forever, right here, right now. If you're in this room and for the very first time, you are ready and willing to submit your life to Christ, to his lordship, to his leadership, that he's the savior of your soul. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand, but if you're here also and you're ready to say yes fully, you've prayed the prayer, maybe you've raised your hand, but you know, you know that you've yet to step across that line in the sand. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. I'm gonna pray for you. We're gonna pray together. We're gonna close the night up. If that's you, I just wanna count to three. You're putting Jesus in his rightful spot. Lord of your life, Savior of your life, two, three. Just put your hand up if that's you. Yep, I see you right here. Awesome. Yes, I see you right here. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is anyone else? Come on, the first step is believing. Believing Jesus is who he says he is. He, yep, I see you over there. Fantastic. With every head bowed and eyes closed, we're going to pray together. Come on, especially those who raise their hand. We're going to pray together. Say, now, Jesus, I confess my need for you. God, I confess that without you, my life is a mess. But because of the mission that you accomplished, I now have access to a loving God, to heaven, to my Father, to you. And I declare from this day forward, I'm a believer. And I will see the hand of God in my life, in my family, in my city. I declare that heaven is my home, that God is my father, and Jesus is my savior. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.